Welcome to the Funeral Nation Web Show, the best effing web show. Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode number seven. I am Ryan Thogmartin and that is Jeff the Funeral Commander Harbinson. We haven't come up with a cool nickname for me yet, Jeff. I don't know what it's going to be. So if you got any suggestions, uh, leave them in the comments below our video. But uh, Jeff, we're averaging over 10,000 views per episode. We're getting emails and comments from all over the globe about the show and what people want to see. Keep them coming, uh, FN Nation. Uh, we, we, we love the support and, and we love what we're able to do through the show. So Jeff, enough chit-chat. Let's get into the show. What can we expect to see today? On today's show, for the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to have a little news. Our guest today is Josh Slocum from the Funeral Consumers Alliance. Uh, a lot of people out here see him as uh, the Antichrist in the business, so he's going to come on live and talk to us about what the Funeral Consumers Alliance is doing out here in the field. Uh, we're also going to uh, have our spotlight uh, from a group in South Carolina, as well as uh, what the funeral segment, which is going to be pretty positive. We're also going to re-emphasize our coat drive participation with Paula Masters. So what's the biggest news this week, Ryan? Biggest news this week has been uh, the an article that was put on in Connecting Directors about the large percentage of females entering the funeral profession, um, and which we personally both have chatted about. I think it's a great thing. Um, over 51% of mortuary college students are women, um, and, and we're getting more and more and more um, involvement from women in, in a male-dominated, traditionally male-dominated profession. So um, I, I think it's great. And, and Jeff, you got some some upcoming uh, highlights on, on who might be joining us on the show? Yeah, I'm going to uh, chat with two women um, that will come on here and join us as guests not too long from now that uh, one's a licensed director and another from another point in the industry and get their views. So we're excited to have them. It should be uh, too much longer. Jeff, the so new who's Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> hey, all right. I'll take it from here. Hey, new segment was brought to us by Disrupt Media and the Funeral Social Design Process. Uh, it, to learn more about Disrupt Media and that social design process, visit funeralsocial.com. I'm really excited today uh, to have our guest, Josh Slocum from the Funeral Consumers Alliance. Uh, he's been in the news quite a bit nationally about uh, posting prices online, etc. And uh, so here we go. Let's roll that tape. Josh, welcome to the Funeral Nation. <laughs> Many of our industries see you as an adversary. In fact, some of them may even think that you're the devil. So we appreciate you coming on here and sharing your voice because frankly, that's what Funeral Nation is about. Not necessarily our own personal views, but to hear from everybody. So again, welcome and please introduce Thanks. yourself and how you got involved with the Funeral Consumers Alliance. Well, um, I'm Josh Slocum. I'm Executive Director of Funeral Consumers Alliance. We're a nonprofit, largely educational consumer group. I've been here for 12 years, um, and I started out after college as a newspaper reporter uh, in Central Virginia and got really fascinated by what then looked like a really massive corporate takeover um, by SCI of the funeral business and started researching it and wanted to end up doing a consumer an in-depth consumer piece that would look at what had happened to the prices and practices at three prominent funeral homes in the city that I covered 
which still had the original name on them, but that had been bought by SCI. And this was back in 2001, 2002. So this was before they had rolled out their Dignity branding. And in those days, you actually really had to pull pieces of paper to find out who owned what. Long story short, um, I was so unimpressed with the way the State Board of Funeral Directors, frankly, I think colluded with um, executives in SCI to prevent me from getting public record documents that I was entitled to under FOIA law that I, I started looking at it a little more closely and got in touch with the FCA. And, and that's how I ended up being offered a job. Wow. So how many licensed funeral directors do you have on staff uh, or advising your organization about decisions or direction of FCA? We don't have funeral directors on staff and we don't have funeral directors on our board of directors. Our structure is we have a nine member board. Those people are elected from among our membership of about 70 local chapters of the organization. I answer to that board. I'm the paid director. They are the governors. Um, we do not have, we have advisors informally. Um, there are lots of funeral directors uh, that we speak to regularly. And one of my good friends, Randy Garner, is here in Vermont and runs a funeral home and was extremely helpful uh, when we were doing the book Final Rights, for example. Um, the book that I published in 2011. We're able to give him copy and say, come back at me from a funeral director's perspective. Tell me what I don't understand. Tell me what is and isn't reasonable in this situation. Um, and he's just, you know, one example. But I absolutely want to talk to people in the business. We are not an anti-funeral director organization. No matter how widespread that idea is, we are about fair choice. And we do criticize industry practices insofar as we think that even if they're normal and they're seen as everyday, you know, sort of standard operating procedure, and even if they're not um, sort of performed in a way that, what's a better way to put it? There's nothing inherently unethical or sketchy about making your living as a funeral director. This is a business like any other. Uh, it's a business that we need. It's a service that most people are going to need. What we want to do at FCA is make it more closely resemble the kind of consumer transaction where both the customer and the vendor feel like they have enough information, they're on the same page, and they're negotiating as customer and supplier, not necessarily in a relationship of, oh my gosh, it's the worst day of my life, I don't know what to do, I'll just walk into the funeral home and say, what do I need? That's what we're trying to get around. I got you. Um, from a practitioner standpoint, um... Have you guys spent time literally in funeral homes of making some of the assumptions that you do or, and, and let me rephrase and see if this works right. It, it seems as if you only collect general price lists and make comparisons of funeral homes where those services may vary widely. Um, yes, granted, there are some that are similar, but um, just quickly going down the price list, it seems as if sometimes comparing apples and oranges. Um, can you address that for our, our folks out here? Sure. Um, I mean, that's the most common thing that we hear anytime we release any kind of cost survey. Um, I'd like to ask you to step back for a second. Um, pretend for a minute that you're not funeral directors. Just pretend that you're people walking down the street going about your business. I think that the sort of price comparisons and service comparisons that we make are the same sorts of comparisons that Americans are used to making when they buy large appliances, when they compare credit card interest rates, 
when they purchase a new car. None of those are as emotional a transaction as the funeral, but they are just as much a business transaction as the funeral is. And it disappoints me that what is essentially a basic call for transparency to bring price and service comparison out into the open as a topic of discussion in the same non-controversial way that we compare prices and services everywhere else really riles up funeral directors. And it's hard for me to understand why, because in another business, um, you know, you don't have such a culture of, of, of secrecy. And if you want to talk about comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges, you probably saw the recent survey that we put out that sampled 10 cities around the country and looked at the availability of online pricing at 15 funeral homes in each place. Um, we compare apples to apples to the best extent we can. That method is the same method that I have recommended for other price surveys by our chapters. Take the FTC categories of service, transportation of remains, removal of remains, uh, basic services fee, uh, staffing facilities for visitation, et cetera, et cetera. These are categories that the FTC describes and defines a certain way. We take those item by item from the price list and we put them next to each other. No, no cost survey is ever going to capture the difference between a small storefront operation and the feeling that you get when you've got a really large funeral home and can have 200 people for visitation. Those differences absolutely exist, not saying that they don't. But funeral prices can be compared for consumers, even if the experience isn't exactly the same in each place. So I, what is the FCA's position exactly? I mean, it, is it about low cost for good services, education, the consumer, um, about funeral selections? I mean, what are the top objectives of FCA? Well, our tagline is protecting the consumer's right to choose a meaningful, dignified, and affordable funeral. Those are subjective. Only the consumer can decide what is meaningful and what's affordable. Uh, there are people who call up who absolutely want a full service traditional funeral. They want all the services that go with it, but they say, I wanna pay a fair price for it. I don't wanna sleepwalk into it and potentially overpay. I'm just as concerned about making sure those people understand what they're asking for when they shop around or when they arrange a funeral as I am for the people who want a simple cremation and wanna spend as little as they can. We do have a tendency to have to work harder to talk to people about price and to make price comparison normal because there's such a bias against it. It's not already there. It's not that we want people to spend less on funerals. We are responding to consumers who say, I want to spend on a funeral or a cremation or a memorial service or whatever it is, but I don't want to overspend because I don't know better. That's all we want. Gotcha. Um, last couple of weeks, you really generated a lot of buzz with uh, your report that you just shared with us, where you're really petitioning or looking in the direction of the FTC putting, um, asking or direction of putting FTC uh, funeral rule prices, GPLs on websites. Is right. that a mission that you guys are engaging in now? Yeah. Are, are you, are, are you, actively engaging the FTC to, to consider a request for, for GPL posting? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the actual process is going to look like in terms of, you know, who's going to contact whom first and whether it's a formal petition. We have been in touch with the FTC. We did alert them as a courtesy before we released the survey, and we let them know that we would be asking them uh, to open the rule uh, and mandate uh, price disclosures. 
I don't read tea leaves and I don't have a timeline on it, but it's an active uh, public policy goal for us, yes. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm sort of interested in something. I'd like to ask you guys a question because, Ryan, um, I read your site pretty frequently, and I know that you're really into technology and you're really into social media, uh, which I gather is sometimes a little bit like trying to herd cats when it comes to some of the old school businesses, sort of bring them into the digital age. Um, my concern about prices online stems from a lot of the same places. Um, and I would say that, you know, when you go online and you look for anything from prices on socks or books at Amazon to uh, a contractor to redo the porch on your house, this, that, or the other thing, you got people all over the place. You've got everybody putting up their services and their prices. This is a really small ask from a consumer advocacy group. We aren't asking to fundamentally change the laws in terms of what's available at funeral homes. We're not asking for any price caps. We're not asking the government to say, you can't offer this or, or you have to offer this. We're simply asking for transparent prices online as a first step so that consumers who use the internet to search for consumer services and retail goods all the time can do the same thing with a transaction that means an awful lot and might be very expensive. We really don't think that this is an extraordinary thing to ask for. And it's not adversarial, it's about fairness. Interesting. Well, Funeral Nation, we, uh, we just heard <laughs> directly from uh, Josh, their mission. Josh, um, as we close up here, it, what's the one message you'd like to give funeral directors and providers coming from you and the Funeral Consumers Alliance? Well, we're, we're not your enemy, uh, and we don't want to ruin funeral service, and we don't want to send undertakers to the breadline. I mean, these are the sorts of things. I mean, you know, we can joke about this, um, and we don't have to agree on everything. But honestly, you know, the things that are said um, about consumer advocacy organizations, all the way from the time of Jessica Mitford, and I don't expect anybody in funeral service to love Mitford or think that she was a wonderful person, not expecting that. But the hype verbally, the, the exaggeration um, of characterizing what Funeral Consumers Alliance is asking for, you know, not only is pretty ridiculous most of the time, but it's totally unnecessary because we want the same things for consumers that any ethical funeral home wants. We want fairness, we want freedom of choice, and we want good information all around. And a satisfied customer, an informed customer, is more likely to be a satisfied customer. So, you know, we're not your enemy. We're happy to work with you on those common goals. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Funeral Nation, there you effing have it from Josh Slocum. Uh, we want to hear back from you, as I'm sure we will, on uh, either Twitter or Facebook. Josh, we appreciate you coming on here, um, sharing your views, sharing what the, the organization is about. And uh, again, I'm sure, look at the website, you'll see a lot coming in here from our uh, Facebook Good. page. Have a great well, thanks, day. Thanks, guys, for having me. I do appreciate the chance to talk to you face-to-face. -face. All right, champ. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, take care. So, Ryan, it's shameless plug time. Who sponsored this wonderful interview segment today? Interview segment was brought to us by At Need Credit. At Need Credit payment plans for At Need families. For more 411, visit atneedcredit.com. Jeff, our spotlight on a funeral director today is really a spotlight on a, on a group of funeral directors that are doing something extremely cool to better their communities. So tell us a little bit about who our spotlight is on today. 
Well, as everyone knows, a funeral director spotlight is about a group of funeral directors or a funeral director making a difference in a community. Just recently, some funeral directors in South Carolina organized a first motorcade for Stop the Violence rally that took place in Columbia, South Carolina. The rally was organized by Anthony Hallman of Glover's Funeral Home in Orangeburg, Rodney Shell of Bostick Tompkins Funeral Home in Columbia, and Cedric Lawson of Good Shepherd Funeral Home in Eastover, South Carolina. The rally was to bring awareness to stop violence in their communities, where they're basically going to end up in a hearse. After the motorcade, victim families actually provided heartfelt experiences of loss from violence, and they all ended up sharing and breaking bread together. I want to uh, take my hats off and thank those guys down in South Carolina and funeral directors really making a difference in their community. Well, Ryan, it's time for our WTF segment today, which everybody knows to take a humorous look at something that will be talked about on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So, Ryan, what the funeral are we looking at here? That's exactly right, Jeff. This week's WTF is, in my opinion, advertising genius. You and I are both in the in the business of, of getting eyeballs, and funeral homes really need to act like media companies. So their advertisements need to get people to think and get people to talk and say, what the funeral? So this is exactly, I think, what this ad does. Jeff, what is your opinion on this? I think it's brilliant because it's a positive light. It makes people think that's what we need to do to step out of the box and effing share the word, the positive word about the funeral business. That's right, Jeff. And our sponsor today for the WTF segment is DNA Memorial. DNA Memorial keeps DNA alive after death, and they have science and funeral service in their genes. Visit DNAMemorial.com for more 411. As a reminder, the Funeral Nation co-drive with LeMasters is going on. We want to make sure that for every effing like on Facebook, remember that we'll donate a dollar to the drive in which Paul will match it. On top of that, we've set up a GoFundMe.com Funeral Nation page that you funeral directors can help make a difference. Your contribution of $5, $10, $20, anything will be matched by Paul. So please show that you effing care, and let's make Paul effing broke because he's matching what we have. That's right. And our response to this push has been extremely well received. So we're super psyched to be partnering with Paul on this. So this wraps up episode seven, Jeff. It's time to focus on eight. We're going to run out of fingers here in a couple weeks. Um, and tell us what we're going to have on, on the show next week. Uh, episode eight, we're going to have Paul LeMasters, which will be just before we end the program to give us a final push and share what he's doing with the coat drive, we want to get those 700 coats and money raised to help them out. We'll have a fresh spotlight and always a what the funeral for us to look at. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of episode seven. The funeral commander's cigar shortened and looks like his glass is just about empty. So don't <laughs> forget to follow us on, on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can do that. You know, Watch down here. We've got the URLs for facebook.com slash FuneralNation.tv, Twitter.com slash FuneralNationTV, and as always, visit our website, FuneralNation.tv. Folks, until next week, have a great effing week. Out here.